welcome to another episode of the 100 Things Podcast with me, Todd Duncan. And me, Sebastian Terry. The 100 Things Podcast. Oh, what's on your list, yeah. Now today, we're going to be talking about four of your list items. Mm. So we're talking about number 18, set a Guinness World Record. Number 85, go on an adventure. Mm -hmm. Easy for me to say. (laughs) And number 72, stay awake for 72 hours. And then... Number 51, which which you had down originally is endurance uh, bike. Bike ride. Bike ride, and it turned into tandem bike ride. Yep. So now, all four of these are linked through through someone you met. Yeah, so on each of these odd adventures, which are very different in nature, uh, Dave Cornthwaite, um, the first professional adventurer I ever met, by the way, yeah. um, was a part of all of them. He joined me and helped me on every single one. So we're going to be chatting to Dave today. Yeah, So so that's... Rewind for a second, as we always do, and, and discover how these items made it onto your list in the first place. Yeah, so, okay, number 18, Guinness World Record. Um, I am and always have been average at everything I do. Never been terrible, never been brilliant. I've been terrible a few times, but never brilliant. Yeah. And I thought, imagine being the best, the best on oh. the planet out of all the humans at one thing. The best. And what was the one thing you chose? Well, well, it ended up being uh, the, the most amount of eggs crushed with the big toes in 30 seconds. Yeah. At that time, the record was, was 23 and, and then there was, a, I think it was a Welsh guy who had it. And I yeah. thought, I could do that. I yeah. will be the best human at that. And of course, there were a few other things that I tried and I eventually ended up at that point. Um, but that, that was why that was there. Okay, so egg, egg crushing, and this is where you first meet our guest Dave today. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'd been put in touch with Dave years prior, suddenly having gone through the, the, the planning process, which there wasn't much of, as you might imagine, for the egg crushing. I just knew I needed uh, an egg placer, and I thought, who could do that? In steps, Dave. Perfect, perfect. Mm. So you'd, you'd first heard of Dave... Uh, because, as you say, he had he had already kind of been on a similar path to you in terms of doing different things, and but his was specifically more uh, traveling long distances. So he has expedition a thousand, yeah, and he had skated across the entire breadth of yeah. Australia from Perth across to Melbourne, then up to Sydney, and you know uh, took him a long time on a skateboard. He'd written a, uh, a book about it. I got given it, and uh, and that was you know that that was it at the time. That was his very first and only, I think, adventure. And now he's come on a long yeah. way and done tons. Amazing. Okay, so number eighty five, which which was originally labelled again, go on and go on. I wish you I have wish trouble you with would, that. Uh, don't yeah, you? I really wish you had made them easier for me to say. Yeah. It, from from now on, just pick pick okay. list items that I can say easily. Mm. So go on and adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was very broad, just an adventure. Because again, the list was kind of, I wanted to adventure. Yeah. So this is a very specific, um, you know, turning this into something very real. So it could have been anything. I happened to be living in Switzerland at the time. Having just met Dave with the, go- the Guinness World Record, I went to Switzerland, which is, uh, I-, I moved to Geneva. And in Geneva, there is a massive lake that's about 70 or 80 kilometers long. And no one had ever stand up paddleboarded across the length of it. And uh, Dave and I got together and I said, hey, here's an idea. What do you think? And he, of course, said, yes, like he had done to be the egg placer of the Guinness World Record. He said, let's do it. So that was that adventure. Amazing. About three days long. And yeah. So two, two things here. Firstly, Geneva is an epicenter for quite a few of these mm. these challenges with uh, the bar owners. Oh, Wizzo and Jiggles. We've, Wizzo and Jiggles. We've referenced yeah. them before. Uh, so it's what you know, it's where you met Matty to, mm. to walk across the country and a few other things have kind of spawned out of you being there. So that's fascinating. Uh, 
But secondly, when you do you remember when you first wrote number eighty five on your list? Did you have did you have any particular invent- adventure in mind, or was it just this is a space for something epic like this? Yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was a, a, a blank. Sp- it could have been anything. So it was whatever sort of felt right or what fit at the time. And yeah, I got to that point. I just moved to Geneva and I thought, I wonder what we could do for an adventure. And as I said, I opened the door one day, saw Lake Geneva and I thought that's got some potential there. Yeah. So it just sort of popped up circumstantially and, and that was it. Um, of course, an adventure could be anything. It could be on any level, but that was the one that uh, I love water. Why not? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, so then we move on to... The one you say you wouldn't recommend to people oh, the God, just staying awake for 72 hours. My reaction is, is with such disdain at this yeah. one. I, lo- I mean, I'm so glad I did it, but it, yeah, staying awake for 72, three days and three days awake. And I got this, we spoke about in another podcast with Maddie. Yeah. Uh, he was in uh, the military and, and Maddie had said, um, basically, yeah, one of our training things, uh, I can't remember how he described it, but, uh, you know, from their point of view, it was some sort of uh, endurance, whatever, whatever yeah. training. For Maddie, it was just this horrific thing that they had to do, but he stayed awake for three days. And I just, he told me as we were walking across France, and I thought, that's amazing. I wonder if I could do that. So on the list went number 72, stay awake for 72 hours. Um, and interestingly, um, I, I'll just throw this in there too. Initially, on the list, number 72 was drive a Ferrari on the Autobahn, oh. which is no longer on the list. Okay. So, so I was going to ask, did you, did you purposely place 72 hours awake at 72? Um, it, and, and so now the follow-up question, because I didn't realize that, how come the Ferrari got knocked off? Well, so the Ferrari was, because I, I, I'd never been in a Ferrari. I, I still am not sure if I have. No, I haven't. And I, and I thought, uh, you know, imagine just going down the autobahn as fast as you can mm. legally, just in a Ferrari. How amazing. What yeah. an adrenaline rush. But I was kind of maybe a year and a half into my journey, maybe a year into my journey at that point. And I'd already done quite a few absurd adrenaline-fueled things. Yeah. And I remember just thinking, it's not really much of a challenge anymore. Really. I don't know if it really appeals to me. So I actually changed it. And, you know, the, the, the greater kind of story or moral to that point is our lists always change. We mm-hmm. should be checking in, blah, 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 to see if we're uh, throwing ourselves at things that are relevant to us. And that wasn't. So anyway, as soon as Maddie said that, 72 hours awake when we were walking across France, I thought, ah, I'm going to put that on the list. Let's have a look and see if anything isn't as appealing. And that was it. So I swapped it. And then regarding the numbering of it, I think I might have actually, because there was, this was never meant to be a thing in a book yeah. or whatever. So I think I just conveniently changed 72 to 72 hours. Makes sense. Mm. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, the final one. So again, you and Dave do that together. Um, and the final one becomes this endurance bike event. And again, it's on the list, but I, I'm assuming there was no destination at the time when you first put it on the list. Or it was just something that you that spoke to you. Yep. I, I love bicycles. You know, I think everyone enjoys riding a bike. And uh, I just never been on a long bike ride. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was waiting for an opportunity. And there were many ways to plan this out. But the way this happened was was kind of quite unique. We, as we'll get into, as I'm, I'm sure with Dave, we got booked to do a talk in, in Vegas. Yeah. And it was my first talk ever where someone was flying me somewhere. So I felt so special. And then I thought, well, hang on. If I'm flying all the way from Sydney to Vegas for, you know, two days. Yeah. Well, I'm, surely I can do something different. So I, I asked them if they would consider flying us to Vancouver um, and then we would cycle to Vegas. And uh, and they somehow, for some reason, said yes. Um, and 
thankfully we made it. But that was, you know, that, that was kind of the premise for that journey. And of course, Dave mm. uh, wanted to do a, another 1000 mile journey yeah. for his expedition 1000. And uh, so it just made sense. We do it together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and 14 days on the bike. How was the rectum? The rectum. Oh my God. I tell we were, we were incredible trip by the yeah. way, but painful the whole time. Knees, feet, back and, and ass, buttock, cheeks particularly. Yeah. Just sitting on a bike for the majority of a day. With sunset, we'd wake up, go, and we'd pull into a cheap motel at night. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had to, we ended up buying these seats called Cloud Nine seats. Okay. And that, that helped. They were like a big cushion. Yeah. But I um, like you're on Cloud Nine, probably. Oh, that's why they called yeah. that. Yeah. Um, here, I've got a photo. No, I don't. I my my on day fourteen we pulled into Vegas. Um, I looked in the mirror, uh, kind of like over my shoulder. <laughs> Sounds a bit weird. Uh, it was just me in the room. Let me assure yeah. you. And my it was I was just chafed. I it was it was bruised. It I mean, you know that was that my my that's my Vegas. Ass. That's Vegas. <laughs> what happens in Vegas stays there. Um, yeah. So no. The, thank you for the question. Uh, I did have a sore bomb. Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> pleasure, pleasure. Okay, so I think we are about to be joined by Dave. Absolutely. The Dave Conthwaite uh, via the magic of Skype now. So here we go. Dave, so good of you to join us. How are you? I'm very good. I'm on the top deck of a double-decker bus in the countryside south of London. Perfect. Per- well, perfect for isolation. Uh, how is the, the countryside tre- treating you and your double-decker bus? Perfect, is it? And there's a library in there, obviously. Yeah. Adventure library. Yeah, we're surrounded by squirrels and deer. So I've, I've, I've been learning how to talk to animals, which was an unforeseen benefit of this coronavirus thing. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Okay, so let's, uh, speaking of animals, oh. let's, uh, let's take it back to the first meeting of you two. Seb Terry turns up at your door, I believe, with a, with a bag full of eggs. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, or two. It might have been two. And, and so what was your first impression of him uh, as he rolled up and went, hey, I'm here to uh, try and break a Guinness World Record? <laughs> I tell this story so many times and I, I, worry, that, I worry that I'm kind of misremembering, but uh, I, I got a call or a Facebook post from Seb like the day before and I was like, yeah, of course I'll, you know, I'll help you break a world record. And I don't think he told me what his world record was going to be until he rocked up at the place where I was staying with some eggs. And I was like, who is this random guy? Uh, he's a little bit cheeky and he's got some eggs to crush. And yeah. uh, he was so excited. He remembered, he told me all about this this person who once crushed a lot of eggs between his toes. Mm. And within 10 minutes of meeting, we were in our board shorts, nothing else, in the bath, just <laughs> egg everywhere. I mean, within 10 minutes of meeting this human, uh, we were in a bathtub together. And maybe we need some context here. Well, well, firstly, Dave, are you, are you aware that this is just how Seb goes around to present his feet to strangers? <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. see, I mean, that's a little dirty. But yeah, yeah that, I mean, there's some egg crushing toes right there. Yeah. Number 18 on the list. But let's just, you know, just so it doesn't appear that I'm a complete weirdo. It was uh, to get a Guinness World Record. That was the reason, and it was a very obscure one, of course. It involved eggs, uh, and, and, and you know, it, it was on the list, so I had to think creatively. I'm particularly average at everything. That's oh, why... Hey, don't put yourself down like that. And no, well, I mean, da- we're talking to Dave, who's got multiple Guinness World Records like, for things of, of merit, mm. and, uh, and you know, I wasn't just going <laughs> to do that. 
So I had to, I, I mean, it's a long story, but yeah, it was, it happened to be the most amount of eggs crushed with the big toes in 30 seconds. That was the Guinness world record. And we had 23 to beat. Wow. Mm. Uh, so how did, how did you, how, firstly, how did you prepare your toes for this? Uh, <laughs> Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question because a lot of people are like, uh, wow, what, what are your toes like? Show us your toes. My toes couldn't do that. Did your toes get cut? Uh, so I, I didn't do any prep. I do, you know, I, I largely walk around barefoot. So maybe that was, yeah. that, because it was only last minute because I Googled, um, you know, basically easiest world records to beat, most obscure things. I thought that would be where, you know, there's less competition. Yeah. So there was the most Ferrero Rochers eaten in a minute. I don't know if you remember this, Dave. I think we might have spoken about this, but the record was like nine. And I thought, oh, it's easy. And I got three. It's actually really hard. Okay. Then it was the most amount of spiders on the human body at one moment. And it was something like 197 or two. I mean, who cares? It was hundreds. Yeah. And I rang up, I actually rang up London Zoo because I was in England. And I said, how many spiders do you have? <laughs> and they only had like 80. So that was oh, they, they actually entertained the question though. Completely. Okay. It's amazing what you do if you just call people and ask. And then uh, there was another one. I can't remember what that was. But um, anyway, uh, yeah. And then I saw this one. Most amount of eggs crushed with the big toes. And in 30 seconds, a Welshman held the record. And then that was it. I knew what I wanted to do maybe two days out from doing it. And I just needed an egg placer. Welcome, Dave Cornthwaite. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So, so you're both in your bathtub, Dave, and uh, you're placing the eggs. How much pressure was on you as, as that role and the official egg placer? Because really, you know, Seb's taking the credit for this world record, but it's half yours as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just kept, kept my ego to myself uh, for this one. It, Seb seemed like a lonely chap, so he, he <laughs> needed a world record to, you know, to come out of his shell. <laughs> and uh, hey. we, you know, we were in we were in this bathtub, and and it was going really, really well. Like we smashed the world record like two, three times in a row, and then we were, we were just covered in egg, and we we're like, well, this is in the bag. And then when it actually happened, we went from this hard bathtub base to a carpeted floor surrounded uh. by people and of course crushing the eggs into a hard surface versus crushing them with a carpet underneath it was a whole different bag yeah. and plus you know i have kind of english cricketer hands so i was just dropping the eggs and they were spilling everywhere i think we ju we, we just got it but it was exciting well, we we crushed it by that's one egg joke there oh what did egg, he oh egg, egg siding Ah, that's a cracking joke. Oh, I'm terrible with puns. Um, I've actually got I've got footage of this. Is this the right time to, to, yeah, to play this? A quick look. So give us a second because I've got a, I've got I'm switching across screens here, but I think we've got this. So, um, okay, let's see. Number nineteen on the list. Break uh, Guinness World Record. So for those listening on on a podcast, there are multiple eggs being crushed here, and you can hear Dave counting as we edge closer. We're at 20 seconds now, 10 seconds to go. Oh, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> and there it is. Yeah, there it is. Uh, it, it was no one... 
no one particularly cares other than me. Um, all I all I have to do now is work out how on earth to stop this. Thank goodness. Okay. So back to uh, back to us here. <laughs> My favourite bit about this is how, how you spelt your name in the Google search on YouTube. Oh, well, did I spell it wrong, did I? Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So it's ridiculous. And, and I guess just to make me feel more silly, if you don't mind, Dave, um, what, uh, what Guinness World Records have you got? Uh, so I, I believe I've broken... 11 world records they haven't all been ratified by guinness either because i just thought and not to put you in a bad place here so i just thought that's not worth the effort of trying to get guinness world record <laughs> uh, but and and guinness are a business so they don't they don't always accept a record even if it's you know being being saluted by the industry or the or the, the whatever yeah uh, so uh I was the first person to skate the length of Britain, first person to cross Australia on a skateboard, longest journey ever by skateboard. Uh, many of these have since been broken. Apart from the first, you just simply can't take that back. Uh, <laughs> I, I have two world records on an aqua skipper, and Sebi's Sebi, uh, tried an aqua skipper before. Um, so I'm the fastest person over 100 metres and also travelled further in one go, which was 14 kilometres without sinking. Uh, I was the captain of... <laughs> this is ridiculous. I was a captain... <laughs> Of one of the teams in the longest ever five-a-side football game, soccer. If you're oh, wow. if you're watching in the states, uh, sadly, I was the losing captain. <laughs> it was something like 824 to 326. It was the worst day of my life. Um, I have the world distance record on a stand-up paddleboard. I descended the Mississippi River. Uh, first person to paddleboard across Lake Geneva, and there's a, there's a few other random ones. I'm also second, annoyingly. Uh, we have a festival uh, here called Yesterval, and I was set up to do a world record, the most amount of hugs in one minute. And we mm. absolutely smashed the record. And then when we sent it to Guinness, they took like eight of the, the hugs off. They said they weren't legitimate hugs. Wow. Uh, so oh, what? what? I, I'm second. I'm, it was nonsense. I, I think that the actual record was on Oprah or some uh, famous TV show, and I okay. think they preferred that. That's my theory anyway. Yeah. Well, so clearly, you know, I'm a speck of dirt on the undershoe of Dave Cornthwaite when it comes to Guinness World Records. But I wanted to, you know, I was trying to emulate him, it seems. Well, I mean, you did a great job. Um, again, you got lots of people to stare at your feet, which seems to be one of the biggest missions in your life. That, Todd, that is not true. <laughs> that is absolutely not true. They're always out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, Dave, what was it that got you into doing these types of things in the first place. So what was it that prompted that first adventure you went on? And and specifically, I guess, you started a lot with that skateboarding stuff. Why was that so close to your heart? Yeah, well, I was a proper lazy kid. And, and, and those habits, you know, stuck with me through my early 20s. And then I had a pretty brisk chat with my cat when I was on my 25th birthday. Yeah. And cats are pretty straightforward. And she was like, dude, I'm happy. <laughs> And you're clearly miserable and depressed, but as a human, you've got a choice. And I was like, "Cat, you're you're very clever." Yeah. And I, I started to try new stuff. I was I was you know in all seriousness, I had a ten hour a day PlayStation habit. I was so depressed. I was the world's worst graphic designer, and I was miserable. I was I was I was just wasting my life away. So I just thought, let's let's at least give it a go. 
so I just started trying new things and I tried a long skateboard uh, in, in, in the weeks to follow. And I love this feeling of going around this town I'd lived in for six years on, on a skateboard. And it, it just changed my perspective on stuff. So I thought, well, if I feel this good just skating around a town that I know, what cool stuff could happen if I crossed a country on a skateboard? So I, yeah, I, much like Seb, I, I Googled or looked up what's the longest journey on a skateboard and it was 3,000 miles. And then I quit my job and... <laughs> that was yeah. it i just went skating wow. uh, i i mean not to get too deep here but just that idea of choice by the way it is a choice your cat was right you know and and, and there you go yeah. I, I mean you, you is your book called board free yeah board free so i remember a, a friend a mutual friend andrew giving me that book saying oh this guy's interesting and i read it and i was like that guy is interesting took you what three and a half months to get across australia or something like that five there you go. Sorry to undersell that. And then, yeah. Place. Then when I was in London, I needed that egg crusher. And I was like, what about that guy who skated across Australia? He seems weird enough. And you were. So thank you. Yeah. So, so that then leads on to, so, so both of you kind of similar in terms of the age you were when, when you both decided like, I'm, I'm not happy and I want to do something that makes me happy. Um, and then you both, so after setting the, the world record, then it's Lake Geneva, isn't it? That you do I you do that one together. So yeah, we do it together. Is that, that happened shortly after Dave? Is that right? Yeah, I think that was the next thing. Uh, and I, I should say at this point, I, it was so nice to meet somebody whose whose eyes were shining. Like as random as crushing eggs might be, this was on Seb's list, and it was important to him. And it was it was cool to be a part of that project. And it was it was so nice to to meet somebody who was also living a random life, which wasn't kind of your your normal normal thing. Uh, and and I completely rhymed with that. You know, I was just starting off that myself. And uh, yeah, so we just we we just got on like a house on fire. And once we'd wiped the egg off, we were like, what's what's next? Which took um, ages, by the way. That egg yeah. stank. And I, we, we made an omelette, I think, because we thought we can't just waste this. So it was the world's, you know, uh, I and mean, we didn't even have to add mushroom. It was just fungus from feet. Oh, I mean, no. it, was, it was disgusting. Anyway, sorry to take away. I'm just, just reminiscing <laughs> about egg. Filth. And I think then, Sebi, you were learning how to speak French. So you were living in Geneva. And uh, it was as simple as, should we paddle across geneva has anyone done that before yeah and we couldn't find any proof of it on the internet which is of course is the gospel so we seb sorted out two boards and i flew out with some dry bags and then we just paddled for a couple of days yeah it was it was great sleeping we, under a jetty it was yeah we slept underneath the jetty that was that was ridiculous mm. yeah so so how, what was the weather like on, was it was it smooth sailing, so to speak, or was it a difficult journey? Like, yeah, I think it was like 70, I mean, it was a great adventure. Again, it, I think it was 84 from my list, go yeah. on an adventure. And then, of course, you were training for a bigger stand-up paddleboard down the Mississippi, so it sort of made sense to do it together. Um, another world record of Dave Cornthwaite's, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it took us three days to get across. Day one was fine. Uh, no, day one was fine until the wind popped up. And we were going straight into it. And it took us far too long to go a very short distance. And we ended up sleeping on the... Because we were sort of bouncing in between France and Switzerland, as, as you can. Yeah. And because um, the lake's narrow but, but long. We ended up sleeping in a school, like a school, illegally, uh, right on the banks of the river on, on night one. And I, just, I mean, it was... I had every, I, even though it was a short trip, it had lots of, lots of colour and difference, right? 
Yeah, it did. It did. And wind's always difficult when you're on a stand-up paddleboard because you're you're up like a sail. Yeah. And we were determined not to not to kind of kneel down, which is the easy way out. So we were, you know, we were snailing along at like one mile an hour. And then, yeah, we I think we had two nights out there, so we we just we just pulled over when we were tired, and I think we bought some crisps for dinner or something like that. And yeah. then. Yeah, we just kind of lay down. Yeah, on the outskirts of a of a of a of a Swiss school or a French school, and uh, yeah, the next the next day we just we just got up early and just paddled. We it was a beautiful f- first morning when we woke up and it was just like a milk pond a mirror. And we've I've still I still use the photo that Seb took, and I, I would it's side on, and I'm just this gorgeous silhouette. It's the best photo ever of me. You can't see my face or anything. It's awesome, and. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was lovely, and then the wind naturally picked up, and we uh, we soldiered through, and eventually slept underneath a jetty, and we were woken up the next morning. It was pretty uncomfortable, though. Yeah. Crabs around, and Seb's feet, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we were woken up by I think a boat had had docked on the jetty. So we were like, well, we've got to wait for that to go, otherwise we can't escape. Do you, Do you remember? <laughs> I, I I feel that there was like a nudist beach that we paddled past. Do you remember that? We were. It was on our left-hand side. So that would have been France. Do you know this? Uh, I th- I think reading uh, one of your blogs back, it was close to Evian. Oh, Evian! Yeah, yeah, the town of Evian, the bottled so, water. Yeah, there's yeah. there's de- they're definitely mentioned in a similar paragraph that you have paddled past Evian, the the home of mineral water. Well, that in itself was funny because we were really parched. We didn't have any water for some reason. We'd gone through it, and we we didn't know it was the town of Evian, and we were like, oh, I wonder if there's water over there. So we, <laughs> so I remember I pulled up and I spoke to this stranger on the shore and I was like, we are so thirsty. Uh, j'ai soif. <laughs> I, I think is the wrong way to say I'm thirsty in French. And he, he said, come with me um, in French and opened up a fridge in his office and it was just full of Evian water. And I was like, that's beautiful. And then he pointed to the horizon and there were the two mountains that you see on the, on the label of the Evian bottle. Um, that was quite cool. Yeah. Uh, and then we saw a nudist. We came up upon this this nudist colony yeah. on the beach, and we paddled past. And I took my clothes off. So <laughs> I thought just to pay respects. Yeah. And uh, and I think it might have been a I think it might have been a gay uh, uh, nudist colony, because there were men, all these men floating around on uh, inflatable you know, donuts and what have you. Yeah. And I went past, <laughs> and they were particularly friendly. Well, yeah. If you paddled past someone with an erection. <laughs> What were you expecting? That's, that, oh dear! So anyway. Yeah, I was like, Seb, why are you pointing at me? And and then <laughs> I was trying to lead lead the way. We need to be over there. <laughs> okay, so you've uh, tiredness is mentioned there, which leads into the third or fourth. So you can't remember which way round these happen. Whether the tandem cycling happened before staying awake seventy two hours. Dave, can you remember which way mm. round? Did you do the seventy two hours awake together first? Or the endurance we, bike ride. We did do the seventy-two hours away together before that. I think we because yeah. we decided after Lake Geneva, we decided that we'd do a speaking tour together in Australia. Mm. We figured we both had some stories that at least had some Australian significance. So we we basically just started posting on Facebook, pretending we had a speaking tour, and then people were like, "Cool, you got a speaking tour. Come and speak to us." Yeah. And so mm. finally, our speaking tour became real because we pretended we actually had one and yeah i'm pretty sure it was it was on that one so this was this was in 2010 
And yeah, we bounced all over the country. It was awesome. We spoke to all kinds of different companies and we couldn't believe it really because uh, I think for both of us, our, our speaking careers were just kicking off. So mm. not only was this great practice and validation but it was also a real adventure you know we were just like yeah we'll speak to this school and i think we went to school and helped a stranger that was that was 26 that was on my list your list so yeah. there was a kid who was getting bullied so we yeah. gave a talk about that and then yeah we just i think 72 was in well we started yeah, in sydney so it was number 72 on the list yeah and 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 i if i often get asked what's the hardest thing you've ever done from your list uh, for me, no questions about it. Staying awake for seventy-two hours, absolutely awful. Yeah. Well, so, so as we discovered, so uh, one of our podcasts we've done before this was with uh, a gentleman called Matty, who Seb walked across France with, uh, and he used to be in the military, and uh, he called Seb the Dream Stealer <laughs> for uh, for this one because he came up with an idea, and uh, they nearly did it in Vegas once, but didn't didn't quite manage it. So you two took the challenge on. And it sounds, it, as you've just described, it sounds from an outside point of view. I mean, this is morning for us here in LA and I struggle just just waking up to the alarm. <laughs> so 72 hours awake, talk me through it. All I remember is it started in Sydney. I remember you woke me up at about eight in the morning on a, I think it was a Sunday morning and we weren't allowed to sleep again until Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. I mean, even that alone is frightening. And we, we kind of got a bit creative with it, right? We ended up doing a whole host of weird and wonderful things. Yeah, we, we decided that we wouldn't drink coffee uh, because, because of the come down. So instead, we, we put the word out again. We just wanted to keep ourselves busy rather than just sitting on a sofa desperately trying to stay awake. So, yeah, we woke up in Sydney. We went to see a doctor that morning. And we, we basically, I, I think you probably lied about some ailment you had. And then we got there and we were like, actually, we want to stay awake for 72 hours. Can you tell us whether this is going to kill us? Uh, so she was befuddled. And then we got on a plane and I was really worried about that. I, I struggled that first kind of 12 hours, which was the first day. It wasn't even the first <laughs> yeah, night. That's the normal part. I fall asleep on planes. Uh, uh, so yeah, we flew to flew to Melbourne. It was Seb kind of elbowing me, and then oh, we did all kinds of awesome stuff, didn't we? We played wheelchair basketball with the Australian Paralympic team, and we did uh, morning breakfast radio. So we we hosted a, a radio show for three hours, and I mean, I, that was that was fun. Yeah, Spe- speed oh, dating. Did, did you did they give you chilies to eat? I think I've seen a clip of that one. Did they give you chilies to eat or something? They did. And, yeah. Okay. They, did. they thought that was funny. Yeah. Dave's tongue doubled in size, I remember. Um, and uh, he told us. Um, what else? We, we were speed dating. It was, I was, I was awful. I was so bad. We, I think at that point we were maybe 50 or 60 hours in or something. I think it was like mm-hmm. the last night potentially. And of course, Dave and I were just getting paraded around a host. I think it was like 15 women. And uh, Dave's very eloquent. He has that sort of brooding mm. English accent, which is so lovely. And I just, I, I couldn't string words together. It was embarrassing. I think, <laughs> did you end up on a date? Did you end up, did, did you connect with anyone on that speed dating thing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, good. Uh, and then uh, stand-up comedy. We did stand-up comedy at one, or did, you, did you? You didn't do it, I don't think. I wimped out, and I, it's still a big regret of mine. You know, Seb got up and he actually he took the house down. It was it was it was brilliant. I was really proud of him. We did that, and then went next door. So stand up comedy after fifty eight hours a week, and then it was kind of awake, and then sixty two hours awake. We went speed dating, 
And the annoying thing was we we couldn't. And then we went the last night. We'd met a couple of people, I think, from the from the 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 Paralympic uh, basketball in the wheelchairs, and they stayed up with us all night to keep us through to the 8 a.m. bedtime. We went we went laser quest or laser shooting, whatever you call it. Oh god, that's so funny. Because we're still in touch with these people. Well, I, I, I'm in touch with a few of them. So yeah. so funny to think that. Oh, it's just a set that sense of that's how we can, met. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. Do you remember a joke from your set that you could? <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I do. Re- yeah, I remember one. The so the people on the the, the wheelchair team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, they were Paralympians too. Mm-hmm. They came to support and they insisted. They said, you have to make a disabled joke. And I, I'm not kidding. I was, they and insisted, I, I, didn't they? Even now, I promise you they did. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, God, no, I can't. And they did, because they were, they were really funny. Yeah. I even, right now in this moment, I'm thinking, do I say this joke? They, I will, because they insist. So I said, <laughs> so they kept saying, I was like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. And anyway, anyway, right, I will. So I got on stage and I said, one, the one joke I can remember was, um, we have some members of the, the Australian Paralympic team here tonight and they're all sort of at the back and, you know, a few were in wheelchairs and, and what have you. And I said, it's, you know, I'm so thankful you're here tonight um, and surprised because there was a step at the front um, and and it, it went down about as well as as you'd imagine. Forced into it. Yeah, no, no. It's a- by the way, I'm not surprised because anyone can achieve anything, Todd, as you know, and Dave Cornthwaite proves uh, constantly through his Guinness World Records. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Well, I'm glad you remember that joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I can't no. remember any other one. Damn it. <laughs> so, what what was the sleep like? Finally, 72 hours hits. Did you both immediately fall asleep, or were you kind of in this weird space where it was like, ah, oh, yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I couldn't. It was weird. Do you it was it was really hard because it was 8 a.m. in the morning. So you know, naturally, your your, your body rhythm. It was much easier for us getting through a night the first two nights and then when the sun came up we were more awake and then we got to eight o'clock and naturally we kind of wanted to sleep but but we also didn't want to just kind of lose our week oh. i guess oh you know? yeah okay so i think it was a few hours on a few hours off and then yeah i, I, I mean I, seriously i wouldn't recommend that you know as you get older you learn how important sleep is i never had an understanding of that and uh, huh. I just wouldn't do it again. I mean, I remember I was hallucinating. I remember talking to you at one point in that comedy club, actually, and you, you were there's a wall behind you, and I remember it was just flashing. I thought this is not, this is not good. And then I remember micro walking because it'd be like three a.m. in the morning, and we'd be like, okay, yeah. let's go for a walk. And so we'd walk, we walked down in Melbourne uh, along the uh, the Yarra River, and I remember I would suddenly be <sighs> fifty yards down the road. And I didn't remember any of it. It was only, I went into a micro sleep and I was like a zombie. I mean, that's, it's just not healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Set, do you remember playing that game? Like we, that last night we were, we were, tr- we played a trust game. So one of us was blindfolded. We were walking alongside the river and there was, there were no barriers next to the Yarra. And it was like, Seb, turn right. Oh yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> Three steps forward. <laughs> and then I started hallucinating and fireworks were going off on the bridge. I can't remember whether they were actually happened or they did. They weren't it was just in my head. Yeah, no, they were. They, they were none. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so three three of your adventures down. The the fourth one then is uh, mm. one that one that fascinates me because America is a country I I personally want to see more of. Uh, and you both decide. So you've got endurance endurance bike ride on on your list. Yeah. And obviously, Dave, you are on your your mission to do as many. How many is it in total? You want to do a thousand mile. 
It's called Expedition 1000, yeah. right? What you're up to? Yeah. And the idea is to do 25 different journeys, each one using a different form of non-motorized transport. And each one has to be at least a thousand miles in distance. So all a variety, uh, definitely kind of, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. And yeah. And then we decided we were invited off the final talk um, that we gave on that speaking tour. We mentioned mm. we were invited to open a conference in, in Las Vegas and we were like, let's, you know, long story short, let's start from Vancouver because it starts with V just yeah. like Vegas and therefore sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I remember that, again, it was a speaking, randomly, after that Australian speaking tour, last speech, last event, yeah, they invited us. And we were like, oh, my gosh, what does this make us, like, professional speakers? Because I think we were getting paid, you know, next to nothing to, mm. to speak. And then, they were, <laughs> and then they said, we'll fly you there. And we were like, oh, hello, big time speakers. <laughs> and then I replied and said, well, actually, can you fly us to Vancouver instead? And, but 14 days early. And they said, why? And I said, well, actually, Dave and I want to ride a bike there, a tandem bike, and uh, because it you know, it fit both of our agendas. Yeah. And they unwillingly said yes. And then we – so that gave the time frame for the bike ride. So we had 14 days to get to Vegas to speak on stage, mm-hmm. uh, and we had 1,400 miles to do it in. So it was 100 miles a day for, 14, for two weeks. And how did you uh, – probably the most important question. How did you broach who was on the front and who was on the back? <laughs> <laughs> it's a trust game right so and, and neither of us had ever been on a tandem so we sat on this thing fell off sat on it fell off and just yeah. continued our journey uh, and we we kind of interchanged yeah Some, sometimes it's Seb on the front sometimes sometimes I was but the person on the front was in control you know all the steering the gears the brakes the other person was just a goose on the back that yeah. was it it takes a little bit of, we didn't try I didn't I think I went for three or four rides before I flew yeah. there I mean, I don't know if you did any training. I didn't train at all. In fact, Todd, I, I got to the day before I flew and then I was like, oh, maybe, you know, I hear that there's saddle soreness because I'd never done a bike ride before. And uh, I, I thought some padded cycling shorts would be good. But back then I just didn't have any money. I didn't have a home. I was just living out of a rucksack. Yeah. So I, my mum's an avid cyclist though. So uh, she, she loaned me her <laughs> padded bike shorts. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. He's not joking. He, pu- he pulled them out and I said, what are they? And, uh, <laughs> and he said, they're my mum's bike pads. Did you immediately ask for them? <laughs> I had to check them over, yeah. And he had a pair of skate shoes. I had a pair of... We didn't have cleats. I mean, think about the cheapest tandem bike. I mean, no one even thinks about tandem bikes. There are actually good ones, but we didn't get that one. We got the opposite end of the scale. It's called Tinkerbella. Uh, yeah. the, the guy in Vancouver... We went into a bike store and, and, and bought this thing. And he said, oh, great. What are you doing? Just going around like here? And we went, no, actually, we're, we're going to uh, Las Vegas. Uh, and, and, it was just, and, he, and he loved that, actually. He helped us put it together. People were fascinated when, yeah. you know, when you come across anyone doing weird stuff. You tend to go, oh, tell me more. He yeah, was great. Well, this seems to be a theme through, through both your stories as well. Like we were talking about the other day, walking across France and the amount of great people you met. And Dave... Uh, looking at all the stuff you've done as well, and you you constantly reference like whenever you go on these adventures, you just come across so many people who are willing to help or put you up for the night and stuff like that. So, is that is that something for both of you that keeps bringing you back to doing these things? Just the fact you get to meet so many great people. For sure, for me, I, I think so. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think you know we you read the news and 
the world's such a dangerous place and no one's to be trusted. And then you go on these adventures and because you've got an icebreaker, whether you're, you know, trying to get a hole in one in your barefoot <laughs> or you're riding, riding a tandem bike a long way, uh, you know, you've got a reason to talk to people and they've, they've got a reason to talk to you. And it breaks down all of those initial barriers that humans t- tend to have. And yeah. adventure just brings out the kindness of strangers. It's amazing the amount of people you meet within a minute will say, Oh, we've got a spare room. You know, if you don't have anywhere to stay, then yeah. there's no way you're in your tent. Come and have a meal, have a shower. You need a shower. And <laughs> oh, hundreds of friends. It's it's just, yeah. it's an awesome way to see the world, just traveling slow and doing something different. That's phenomenal. It's so true. And as you say that, I just, I remember, I can't remember what day it was. I feel it was at the beginning. Isn't it incredible how the memory works? I just, you saying people will invite you to stay. I, I remember so vividly, just in right now in this moment, we were, we were in a, sh- uh, like some big, Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that. They had guns in there and we were like, what the hell? What are guns doing in a sports <laughs> store? And um, and it started raining and we were drenched and we met someone in the car park and they said, you can come and stay at our place for the evening if you want. And uh, they we said, great, where do you live? And they went, well, up that mountain sort of thing. So we had to cycle up there. So three hours later or something ridiculous, we got there. And But to your point, yeah, people just, I mean, I love, I love and I'm sure of this concept that everyone's kind. Just need an opportunity. Yeah, Todd's got a joke. What is it? No, no, I don't have a joke <laughs> at all. I was, I, I was just going to bring up one, one of the people you you meet on the way is at the border crossing from Canada into oh, the yeah. US, and I, I believe that's an interesting conversation to try and broach the subject of like, no, seriously, we're uh, we're here to do this. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. There's a procession of cars. And we were like the tenth vehicle back because we're on a vehicle now, mm. and all the cars went past. Then we just cycled up with a. We had like a wicker basket on the front. We had a, a little bell or a comedy horn or something, and comedy horn. Yeah, and they were. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what happened. You can imagine these guys are like, uh, "What are you two idiots doing?" And we said, "We're going to Vegas," and they <laughs> they kind of had to legally say yes. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Which was which was great. Um, that trip. I mean, I. Oh, Unbelievable. So, so let, let me start. I'll ask you first, Dave. Uh, I'll start with the lowest moment. So the, the moment on the trip that you went, what am I doing? Or I'm going to punch this guy in front of me in the back of the head. Was, <laughs> it, was there a moment like that on this trip? No, you know, we didn't we didn't fall out, which is actually really rare. It's, it's kind of intense when you're when you're sharing such space and you're naturally tired. You know, we were we were cycling, I guess, 10, 12 hours a day and we weren't fit and our butts hurt and all of this stuff so it's pretty natural to have a little falling out with a team member but Seb's the only person I haven't like drastically fallen out with my wife aside of course Uh, and I I think the only the only time like tensions raised above you know pleasant was when I forgot uh we we I think we stayed at a cheap motel and I forgot my bag but we got five miles down the road until I realised I didn't have my little rucksack on. So I had to tap Seb on the shoulder and say, mate, I'm so sorry. Mm. We've got to go back. And uh, which just adds another 10 miles on because we've done five. Yeah. Need to go back for, no, so, yeah. yeah. But he was really good about it. He didn't have a choice really because we were on a tandem bike. I couldn't ride it by myself. (laughs) So so were you thinking in that moment, Seb, I'm going to swing for him or...? Yeah, uh, if, I, if I was looking for an eject button and I uh, couldn't find one, so we ended up having to do a U-turn. But no, I, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. There, there wasn't any moment past yeah. past that, and I barely remember that to be honest. But I can because every mile counts at that point, and it's yeah. not. I mean, retrospectively, that I mean that journey of all the mine is is really high up because of the 
the contrast. We, you know, we, were, we went down through Washington State into Oregon to California, crossed a mountain range, snowy tundra, as I refer to it as. We go yeah. down the other side into the Nevada desert. And it was, it was absolutely stunning. And that's all I can remember. But at the time, it was hard. Yeah, my back, our legs, out like from sitting on that seat, your your buttocks. Ooh, we had to drop in and buy new seats at some random little yeah. bike store in somewhere. I don't even remember, but there were a lot of. I didn't have, really have any low lights, to be honest. Yeah, other uh, than other than those kind of like you know gradual things yeah. that happen. But well, my limited experience of cycling, it you know, I feel like it's reshaped me a couple of times, <laughs> and that's that's only been a couple of hours at a time, let alone fourteen days in a row of yeah of all day cycling, so fair play. So let, let's go the opposite. Other than arriving at the destination of Las Vegas, was there a moment along the trip, Dave, that you, you just went, wow. Uh, either landscape or a moment, or you know, you two really letting the legs go. Was there a couple of highs that you, really stick out for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there, there are a couple, and I'll, I'll, I'll let Seb take the second one, <laughs> uh, which I... I, I telepathy the first one for me you know we camped we got up to the top of the mountain range which we needed to go over uh, and we camped right right up on the plateau like 4000 meters it was super cold uh, we had this cheap little tent from from Walmart like 20 buck tent and we woke up and there were like little footprints in the snow so something to be sniffing around yeah. with teeth and then we just got on our bike once we'd uh, it frozen the fr- the brake the brakes oh, yeah. had frozen so we kind of had to warm those up uh, I think we were just breathing on it because we were just pathetic clowns who didn't know anything. So uh, <laughs> eventually we got going and then just sailed downhill all the way from the top of the mountain. You know, it was a good like 40 minute, maybe yeah. even more downhill. Wow. And then we just hit this desert plain and it went from freezing cold, literally freezing to and covered in snow to this incredible desert. Oh, long downhills. I live for those things on these yeah. trips. Oh, yeah. Because that tandem bike wasn't, as you'd imagine, easy to get up a hill. I mean, yeah. you've got panniers and they're heavy. and you. I mean, people were walking past us. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, those downhills, amazing. I agree. I think the second one that you're, you're alluding to is the headphone incident. Is that right? So we're like 12 <laughs> days into this thing at this point, And it's, you know, we're pretty sore. Loving the experience, but pretty, you know. And it's you wake up first thing in the morning, the first two hours, you don't talk to one another because you're just trying to wake up. And then, you know, you get into it and, you know, you have you stop in a McDonald's, check your guy, use their Wi-Fi to check your phone to see we're on track still, all that stuff. Anyway, suddenly we're in the middle of the desert. We're, I think, like 10, 11, 12 days in. And yeah, I think I described this to you the other day. The, 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 the scene, as I remember, it was kind of like the uh, Roadrunner and the Coyote, that type of thing, just yeah. endless desert with a couple of cliffs and mountains in the distance, and uh, but nothing, nothing. And I always, I, I say this a lot, but I, I love that idea. You know, when you fly across a country and you look out the window of the plane you're in and there's just a road going through nothingness and you're like, why is that road there? I wonder whoever would get on that. Well, we were on that road. It was, it was brilliant. Anyway, so we're going and I remember just seeing desert, endless desert, all these mountains. And then Dave, who's riding in the front at that point, just gets out an iPod which 12 days in, no one knew he had, apart from Dave. And I go, what? I, I'm just cycling by. I'm like, what, mate, what's that? What, what have you got there? He's like, ah, oh, uh, it's an iPod. I go, oh, is it? <laughs> and he goes, let's listen to some music. And I was like, fantastic. And we did. And we, I think we were just on a slight downhill. We were rolling further into this endless plain of desert. And we, we were sharing a microphone. Uh, yeah, sorry, an earpiece each. And it was Queen's Radio Gaga. Gaga, yeah. 
And I just remember every time I hear that song since, it just, it takes me right back to that moment. And that for me was a huge highlight because it was, you know, it was, it was like a movie. It was cinematic, the scenery. And it was like a movie. I don't know what the ending of the movie was, but it was a good movie. Yeah. And, uh, oh my God, for me, that was a highlight. They were obviously getting to Vegas too and all that stuff. But yeah, that was, that was, my, that was my moment. Amazing, amazing. Uh, for things like this, uh, and Dave, again, I'll direct the question to you first. For thing, for people who are looking to get started in something like this, for example, my, my brother is um, keen to cycle the length of Britain and, and stuff like this. But I guess it's always, and even for myself, you know, I, on my list is to run a 10K in every state in America. Difficult at the moment, but uh, I've done one in California because that's where I am at the moment. What would you say to people who are... Who really want to start doing things like this and maybe hit that crisis point, but don't have a cat to speak to, uh, to go? Yeah, this is this is what you should do first. What are you waiting for? You know, there's there's so many excuses, so many reasons not to do this stuff, but they're all they're all just faking in your head. If you really really want to do something, then go and do it. You know, you I think if you feel like it's going to be dangerous on a bicycle. Yeah, you're going to be, you know, sharing a road with vehicles and all of that's legitimate, but just ride safely, uh, have a helmet uh, and some lights if you're riding in the dark and then just just get on a train and go. Uh, there's there's nothing better than than just starting, you know. Yeah. A long walk is probably the easiest thing. Just open your front door, pop some shoes on or not, Seb, and <laughs> then just walk, just walk, you know, just and surround yourself by people who who have done something like that. You know, it's so much easier when you're around. You know, I call them yes people. Yeah. You know, who who aren't just going to tear your dreams down. Just, why would you want to cycle the length of Britain? That sounds stupid. You'll die. Uh, but anyone who says that is just a loser and has never done it before. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just go and do it. What are you waiting for? Life is here for living. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It yeah. covers everything. I just think it, it is a choice. You know. How do you start? Well, you, you start. There's, you, you don't, there's no other way around action. You have to create action, and, that, and that's it. Um, whatever the adventure is, tandem bike or not. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so last two things for me. We've discovered that Seb's uh, egg-breaking record has been, again, excuse the pun, smashed. Smashed. Um, no! How many is it that you... Oh, Todd, I wish you'd bring this up. Uh, Dave, I didn't know how to, how to break this with you either. Um, we Googled it last night and our record was 24. Yeah. Current record, 46. Yeah. I mean, that's... What? Yeah. I know. 46. That's extreme. <sighs> that's, yeah. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I don't see how that's physically possible. I well, mean, you see the toes on this bloke. They <laughs> are phenomenal. Yeah. It's, a, it's an eagle with talent. No. He must have had, <laughs> he must have had an automated placer, a little robotic placer. Yeah, I wonder if there's footage. We need to we need to do this. Uh, and I feel like you need to take that record back. Ooh, I feel like, sad. you know. <laughs> I, we should do that. We should do that. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, though, Toddy. That's all right. Uh, and Dave, what's next for you? What's on, uh, what's the next expedition? What's the next one you're going after? Uh, I don't know what's next. Like COVID has chucked everything up into the air. Yeah. But I, I've completed 15 in my thousand now. So I've, I've still got 10 to go. And, you know, life's getting a little bit busier and a bit more complicated. I'm a married man now, and we're talking about having some tiny humans uh, who will eventually grow up and get bullied at school. <laughs> uh, so, but I'm, yeah, I'm getting to the stage now where 
I'm narrowing down the field of the the different craft that I want to travel on. So yeah. I know there's a big canoe journey to come. I'd like to kite surf a thousand miles. I still haven't taken a normal bicycle uh, on a long trip, mainly because I hate sitting on saddles now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know exactly what's next, but over the over the next few years, there'll 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 be there'll be plenty more. I'm even thinking about swimming a thousand miles underwater. I reckon that'd be cool. Oh wow! How would you do that one? What's how, what do you envisage there? So you know, always start off with no training on these things, and then I love that that slow growth, those micro improvements day to day. And for this one, it would be all about the breath hold. So, kind of dynamic free diving, get down a couple of meters and then go, come up after thirty seconds, panting like a dog, and then two months down the line, you know, on nine hundred ninety nine miles, I'll be, you know, I'll be under under there for five minutes. I just love that uh, learning through a journey as well, and all of the things and you, that you see and you learn and you do. Uh, as well as just being able to say, oh, yeah, and I can hold my breath for five minutes at a time now. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Just a little bonus. Great. Great. <laughs> well, I'll leave it for Seb to sign off with you, but thanks so much for joining us today, Dave. Really appreciate it. Great to talk to you, and I'll leave it over to Seb. Well, mate, uh, Toddy, thank you, uh, as always. Dave, it's just so nice to reconnect with you after a couple of years. And, uh, yeah, a big thank you for being such an important part of so many of my things on my list and uh, I'm so glad we got to tick off the bike ride together. And, you know, that was that went towards Expedition 1000 as well. Um, and knowing that you've got more adventures ahead and, and so do we, I would, you know, the question we sort of ask at the end of these podcasts is, you know, how can we help? Um, to me, it seems quite obvious. We need to do an adventure together um, somewhere. Whatever it is, we're up for it. Um, so if you're open to the idea, I just think we should keep that conversation going. I'm, I'm totally game. Let's... Let's grab a canoe. Mm, and then put holes in it. <laughs> and then a pogo stick. <laughs> Have you done a pogo yet? No. I, my motto is say yes more. And, and it's important to, I think, not say yes to everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. that's where the pogo comes in. But you should do it, Seb. I think you'd love it. Thank you. Thank you. Mate, so lovely to see you. Thank you. That was fun. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening to the 100 Things podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Thankfully, there are going to be a heap more episodes. Isn't it, Toddy? Absolutely. We're going to hear from more of the people behind the stories of how Seb did it all. So stay tuned. You can find us on YouTube and all your favourite podcasting platforms. Again, thank you so much. The 100 Things podcast. Oh, what's on your list, yeah.